Good morning, and thank you for joining me uh, for another segment of the unheard cry of the mothers of the dark soil. I'm sure you, uh, if you're listening to the second segment, you had an opportunity to um, view the first segment, and you know that uh, we're continuing, I'm continuing on the journey of talking about um, what has, you know, happened with my own child, um, battling mental illness, battling mental illness, and um, the hospital um, not doing everything that they could have done that was within their power to save his life. Um, For this segment, I just want to talk a little bit about what you may be seeing with your child. Um, You know, what could be going on with your child, uh, unusual behavior, things that you may not be able to control, things that your child may not be able to control. <clears throat> you know, it is is really hard. It's really, really, really hard in the times in which we live. Um, the law has given so much, so much power to our young people. And the danger of that is that the young people that they've given the power to (laughs) don't have fully developed minds. Their brains have not fully developed. I think I was reading uh, an article. Maybe it was something in Psychology Today or um, something like that that talked about uh, the brain doesn't fully develop till you know, we're like 25 or so. But you have laws today that are giving power to young people that really don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm concerned about these laws that tell them they do know what they're doing. I, um, in my work with children, you know, I've met kids suffering from things like ADHD, depression, anxiety, All of these are so very common when it comes down to the life of uh, young people today. I haven't, uh, you know, done a lot of research on it, so I'm not sure how common it was, you know, back years ago. You know, like maybe uh, 50 years ago, you know, what... Was, was was depression and anxiety, was it, was it common in our children back then? 
Now we know that of course, if you were a child of color, let's talk about that for a minute, because this is, um, this, this whole segment is the unheard cry of mothers of the dark soul. So we are talking about minorities and some of the struggles that they've gone through. So if you were a young person back in the, in the 60s and the 50s and maybe you were involved in desegregation, which I have talked with people that were involved in desegregation and how stressful, how painful, how degrading desegregation was. So you can imagine being a teenager and being made to feel that you were not good enough. Why? Because you were born with a certain color of skin and a certain texture of hair. And that made you very much inferior in our current society. I apologize for my pets. <laughs> but in our current society, that's what it made you. Um, so I kind of feel like that perhaps the, the young people back then also, especially the young people of color, also suffered a great deal of stress and anxiety. I'm wondering um, if it was as much or, or maybe at times it was more. I'm not sure. I'm going to look into that. And you may be listening to this and you may be a person, you know, that, that experienced that. And so, you know, maybe you'd like to share what that was like for you. But um, our young people have been given a lot of power to do things to, um, in, in our day and age now to call the law, you know, to say that my parents are, are doing this to me or they're doing that. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that children should not, support, should not report um, being harmed. But being harmed and being corrected is two different things. And uh, today we live in a society in which no one can correct. No one can correct the children. The school has to have law enforcement present. There has to be... um, school resource officers. No one can correct our children. No one can correct them. We, we forbid anyone to touch them. Even in many homes, if a parent dares to correct their child, if they dare to, you know, maybe grab the child's arm and and make the child sit down, forms of correction. Now, I'm not against a spanking. 
um, on the behind. But there are people, you know, who are not telling anyone how to raise their child. You know, if, if you find that to be um, not to be acceptable in your home, well, you know, that's, that's totally up to you. But just because a parent may um, give a child a spanking as a consequence to their poor behavior, and by, I mean, by no means um, anything that would harm them, no harm. I'm not for harming children in any way. But that form of correction, if it will help the child to stop doing something that they should not be doing. It's a shame that parents aren't able to do that today without fearing that their child is going to go to school and call the police or report that they are being abused. And so parents um, not wanting trouble with the law, not wanting certain, uh, you know, no one wants that sort of thing in the times in which we live on their record. Parents not wanting that um, they choose not to correct their child. They choose not to correct their child. They, they may have to um, go to court because their child will not listen, will not obey. It's interesting that parents cannot touch the child. Parents can't spank their children today. But law enforcement officers can slam your child to the ground, maybe even put them in handcuffs and throw them around like a rag doll and nothing is said. Many, many young people, once again, they're young, they're growing up, they don't know what it is that they're doing. And when we as parents come in to try to bring correction to our own children, we are faced with possibly having to um, go before DSS or Child Protective Services, uh, citing that we have Um, harmed our child in some way. And a lot of times the harm comes in when there is no correction. And then if you have a child, uh, similar to my own case, battling mental illness, battling mental illness and not not, uh, mental illness to where they could not function, I want you to understand that sometimes people think if you have a mental problem that you can't work a job. That's not true. They think if you have a mental problem that you can't drive a car, that you can't get up out of the bed in the morning. You may have problems doing those things, but you can still do them. And yes, you can still have 
mental illness. You can still suffer greatly from depression. You can still suffer greatly from anxiety. Many of our children today are having problems, especially, especially if they come from homes, single-parent homes, to where they don't have a lot of resources. You have one income. You may be trying to manage or to make it off that one income. And your child may be resentful because, you know, there's, there's all this stuff over the Internet that's telling them all this great stuff that they should be. I don't know if you've ever watched some of the shows, like the Dr. Phil shows. I like to watch that sometimes. And I have seen some teenagers on there with some really serious problems. I really have. Very disrespectful towards their parents. Parents can't get in two words. I remember one situation where a young man had a a fantasy going on in his head that he was going to be some kind of a popular YouTube, um, you know, sensation. And the only thing he wanted his single mom to do was to help support that goal and that dream. That's the only thing he wanted. He didn't want anything else. He refused to go to school. He refused to work. He refused to do just pretty much anything other than what he wanted to do. And he was determined that nobody was going to make him do any different. Now, he was a teenager, so his mom could not very well try to uh, handle him. Because like I said, today, if you do, you're liable to get into a struggle with your child. You're liable to be, you know, DSS is going to be called. Um, it's just it's just going to be a whole mess. And if, if, if you've got bills and a car note and you're trying to keep the lights on, I mean, these things, having to deal with our teenager uh, suffering, suffering from some sort of mental illness um, and, and trying to bring correction can be unbearable. It can be unbearable. And in in our society today, um, when you have a child and you are a mother of color, your child is often expected to be out of control. Your child is often expected to get into trouble. That's what's expected. Oh, well, it's, you know, people see that your child's in trouble. I mean, do you have you ever have you ever thought about the number of minority children that are in detention centers, locked up? Not too long ago, I can't remember what 
state it was in, the young man. This is a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. Uh, His father corrected him from staying out, you know, staying out too late. I think he was 16 or 17. And just based upon the correction, the young man became so angry that he, he took a weapon and he killed everyone in his home, I think, uh, his mother, his father. I think he had three siblings, three or four siblings. He killed all of them but one. That's how they know what happened. Um, I think his brother, he had a brother, a little bit younger than him than lived. But do you see where we are? That young man suffered from a mental illness. Mental illness is 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 when people there's all it comes it, it can it can happen in all different forms there's all different forms of mental illness but but one form of it is when we can't process or think through things correctly okay we can't process or think through our anger correctly we don't know how to deal with anger We don't know how to deal with our emotions, our sadness, our stress. And we're receiving poor information from the outside world. We're looking on the internet and we're getting um, just wicked, wicked um resources young people are some of them are are getting resources that's completely evil to go by to live through and to live by this this is what's happening so you know part of our conversation Part of what we're talking about when we're dealing with the unheard cry of the mothers of the dark soil. Because we cry out about these things, but who is there to help us? Who is there? Where do we actually go? In my own case, um, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm a street missionary, you know, and, and I spent a lot of my time in prayer. I spent a lot of my time in prayer. Um, I spent a lot of time asking others to pray for my child. And even though the end result was that, you know, he didn't live past the age of 19, um, I'm grateful for the good times. 
it was a, a, a very horrible struggle that I hope, you know, I can, I will be able to share more of as we do more segments. You know, it's a horrible struggle. A horrible struggle. And once again, there's just not enough out there, especially if you don't have a lot of money. I know, um, you know, I did try. I did try to to get um, help for my son, you know, in some of these these places that they, you know, they help your child to um, develop better skills, and, you know, uh, all of those things that that your child desperately needs, especially when they're suffering from mental illness. Um, things like depression, anxiety, stress, um, having to deal with grief, the loss of family. Um, but I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford it. I remember calling several places and it was two and three thousand dollars you know a month two and three thousand dollars to get this sort of this sort of help two and three thousand dollars to this podcast, you've got a young person, um, you're a minority mom, and they're, you know, they're out of control, and you're wondering, what, what can I do? What can I do? That's a big question right there. That's a big question. I hope that as we continue with segments, um, you know, um, under um, the unheard cry of mothers of the dark soul that maybe, you know, you'll get some answers, but the younger, the better. The younger, the better, because the younger your child is, you know, the better your situation is when it comes down to trying to get some help. Start early if you can. If you've noticed some behavior that is um, that is that is concerning, that you believe could be depression, could be some form of mental illness, could be stress, could be anxiety, you know, take them to the doctor, get a diagnosis. Then, now a lot of people don't like to diagnose young people. Um, but I know that sometimes it is very helpful to do so. Especially when you're trying to get help. And um, as time goes on, like I said, we will 
we'll learn more about that. We'll learn more about that. Hopefully, we'll continue to talk about it. But it is a struggle. It is a struggle in our society today. It does indeed. You, you need both parents. Minority dad, if there's a minority dad that may be listening to this podcast, you know, the mother of your child desperately needs you. We are not in a time where we can afford to have our children being raised by one parent because that child needs the help of you, the father. That child needs that help, needs you to be dad, needs you to bring correction. And and to mom, to the minority moms that may be listening, please allow your child's father to correct their child. And I mean, you know, not in a harmful way, but please, you know, come together and allow that father to to be um, that that correction that that child needs so that they don't fall into the hands of law enforcement. I mean, today, we don't know what's going to happen when they do. When your child gets to be about 16 now, if you haven't done what you wanted to do by the time they're 16, it's usually too late. It's usually very much too late. Even though their brains are not developed, their minds are are not able to process material correctly, they're often very immature, especially if they're boys. And they, they flip often back and forth. They flip back and forth. Do you ever notice how young people are very moody? Mood disorder. That's another disorder. That's a mental health. It's, it's part of uh, having mental illness, having a mood disorder. Children have that. They're one way today, another way tomorrow. Mood disorder, personality disorder. Something that we learned in school is very hard to treat. Hopefully we'll get to talk a little bit more about that as time goes on. But once again, if your child is experiencing behaviors that are concerning to you, by all means, take your child to the doctor, get a diagnosis as soon as you possibly can. That's my advice. You know, just like I said, the sooner the better. Because once they reach 16, 
you've pretty much, you know, if you're still able to have, um, you know, some cooperation from your child at 16 and 17, then take them to the doctor. There's technically, by law, they're still minors, so they still have to listen to you. So see if you can get them to the doctor and get a diagnosis. Um, and then that opens up the door to some help for you. If you're a minority mom, that opens up the door to some help there. But let's, let's just do what we can. Let's try. Let's try to do what we can to help our child, you know. Um, I by no means want anyone to go through what I am going through with the loss of my child. I by no means want anyone listening to me to ever have to go through this. take our child to the hospital or to the doctor we really we really do expect to get help we really do expect to get help um, and we really need for a lot of the laws to change so that that help can actually happen I hope that something was said today that will um, be of help to you in your dealings with your teenager. Um, I know that you may be crying out for help and you haven't found any, just like myself. You're crying out for help. from your teenager and you just you just simply don't know what else to do you just simply don't keep trying don't give up um, it is hard it's extremely difficult where do you go? What do you do? Good question. I wish I had the answer. If you believe in prayer, then I would say definitely begin to pray. Um, begin to pray to Jesus to help your teenager, to help you, to help your family just help the whole situation and I pray even now if you're listening to this podcast you're having trouble with your teenager I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would just come and intervene that he would intercept in the wrong thoughts that may be going on in the mind of your teenager that he would bring deliverance to that person 
deliverance to your home and give you peace as a parent, as a mom. Mother's Day is coming up and um, you may have a teenager that, that doesn't even acknowledge you on Mother's Day. They may have um, such anguish from the mental illness that they're suffering that they can't even acknowledge you as their mom on Mother's Day. Understand, uh, before I go, uh, mental illness is not your fault. It's an illness um, like many other physical illnesses. It's not as visible, but it's an illness nevertheless. If a person has diabetes or cancer, you know, we don't, and they're born with it, you know, um, we don't blame that on someone. We say, hey, they were born that way. Many people are born with mental illness. They're born with, they're predisposed to it. Maybe it was someone in their family that had it. But nevertheless, they, they, they have it, and it's not your fault is what I want you to know. It's not your fault. Um, I know that my son's illness was not my fault. I never would have wanted him to be sick, and I did everything that I knew to do to help him to be okay. the same thing that you should do. That's the exact same thing. Do everything that you can and let us be in prayer that uh, God will intervene in your situation. Thank you so much for listening to another segment of the unheard cry of mothers of the dark soil. I hope you'll tune in next time. Um, We'll dig into this even deeper. We'll talk about some more things, some more things that may be of help to you. Thank you. Have a great evening.